1: Is that a reference to?
0: Ah, it's a reference to the fact that it's worst gig ever. Hey, I'm Mike Pace. Hey, I'm Jeff Garlock. You are listening to the show where we talk to your favorite entertainers about the worst gigs they've ever had.
1: And say we've probably got one of your favorite entertainers out, What one of to ours. Say
0: that talking with Liberty DeVito, who is a famed drummer. Played with Billy Joel for 30 years, among uh, a ton of other session work. Plays with a band called the Slim Kings. Now, this guy, talk about a mensch.
1: He's he's got the goods and he gives them out. Let's
0: just set this up for the listener. Liberty invited us graciously graciously to his palatial manse.
1: Beautiful place, surrounded by history.
0: If you are a fan of rock and roll, I'll tell you something. You go to Liberty's house, we're surrounded by photos, records, instruments.
1: Platinum records. We
0: did this room surrounded by 12 platinum records.
1: It was amazing. And it was only matched by the amazing stories that Liberty had. Yeah. A gracious host with... Host with the most. A host with the most. I felt like I was blown away at every turn.
0: I mean, just 30 plus years, probably more like 40 years. You're
1: going to have some good stories in there.
0: Rock and roll every day, partying every night. <laughs> That's and the doing phrase. other things, too. Yes. And
1: doing other things.
0: If you are new to the podcast, you can check out uh, previous episodes at WorstGigEverPodcast.tumblr.com. We've got almost 100 up there.
1: We're getting we'll up with there.
0: Musicians, comedians, wrestlers, artists, authors, entertainers.
1: Or check us out on iTunes, or go to Stitcher Radio. Send us an email, worstgigever at gmail.com.
0: Find us on Twitter at Mikey Pace, at G Garlock at Worst Gig Ever. We're on Facebook. We're all over social media. You can watch our web series at youtube.com backslash official comedy. See seven episodes of hilarious hilarity and hijinks
1: get that right with mike and jeff and you should listen to us oh yeah on your tweaked audio headphones if you go to
0: tweakedaudio.com you enter the promo code worst you will get one third off of your purchase of a pair of these wonderful fucking headphones that's
1: amazing i listen to them on the way over here we can't recommend these enough mark Marin doesn't sound better talking about his new love affair than through tweaked audio you know who
0: else doesn't sound better
1: and that's (laughs) liberty devito you got that right. On
0: Worst Gig, on worse Gig, on worse Gig.
2: Well, it, it, there's all different levels of Worst Gig. We had a, um, uh, a road crew that were a bunch of jokers, you know? Because <laughs> you work with the same people for so long, it becomes like you can't wait to go on a road because that's your other family, you know? Right, yeah. But uh, they would do things like... I remember in Ireland, first of all, in May, playing outdoors in Ireland, it's still cold. Right. So you're freezing. <laughs> I'm wearing like... 17 layers of clothes, and when you hit the drum, it's like hitting a a cement block. Right. You know, you don't get anything back. So the heads are so tight. Oh, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Well, the crew decides this show, right before the show, they go out and they buy pea shooters. (laughs) And I mean, like, these are real pea shooters. And they're (laughs) getting those bags of green peas. And I'm, like, playing. And I'm like, what the hell is, what's hitting me? And they would not stop. <laughs> so it's more difficult. You know, it's hard enough playing in the cold right. in Ireland, outdoors. <laughs> and now I'm getting hit with peas. There's that kind of stuff that went on once in, in, in Osaka. We were in Osaka when the major earthquake hit. Oh. Um, Osaka, Japan. And like I think like 8,000 people died or something like that. And uh, it was it was horrible. We were there. Yeah. The, the building shook. We, it was a wreck. We had to get out, change hotels. All the while, though, after that, we'd, we'd be playing in other parts of Japan and the fucks would, can I say fucks? Of yeah, yeah. The fucks would come up behind my riser and just start shaking it. <laughs> you know, like, fuck, you fuck, you know, shit like that. But the, the real, um, like horror stories are at one tour on the, um, I think it was the, the bridge tour, the River of Dreams tour, it was mm-hmm. all the uh, equipment, the piano, the drums and everything was sunk under the stage. So um, the amps were mounted under the grids, right. so you couldn't see anything when you right. walked in the, in the place. Right? It was like we didn't even set up yet. <laughs> right. And when the show would start, things would come up. The piano would come up. The drums <laughs> would come up. So I'm down there playing. We started with uh, No Man's Land or something. Mm-hmm. I'm p- p- banging away. This freaking thing isn't coming up. <laughs> it's stuck, right? <laughs> And and Billy Billy on this song is playing guitar. Wow. Right, he's like over in the hole looking down, <laughs> laughing his ass off to us. this thing's gonna. Call- the roadies are underneath this, the platform that I'm on that's supposed to come up, and they're pushing it with their feet, trying to get it up. They're going deaf because it's <laughs> screaming loud we're under crying. there now with the drums blasting did and you everything. you guys still play what's happening. We were still playing. Oh, yeah. We did the song. And then at the end of the song, like Spinal Tap, you know, when the yeah, thing was, opens up, <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> it was like, <laughs> boom, then I popped up. uproarious applause, yes. Unbelievable. <Yeah>. Yay. <laughs> the- and then there's... Uh, at the end, there was this guitar player. I won't mention his name, but um, he drank quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he was the worst because I, I was the only one at the time, at the end there, that was connected to the records. Mm-hmm. But this guy wanted to be number one in Billy's eyes. So at the end of the song, you know, the drummer always does that. Everybody looks at the drummer. Bam, right? right? I would hear. I would, I would do that. Bam. Boom, from the guitar player. (laughs) It got to the point where I would go, again, bam. He'd go, boom. (laughs) By the end, it was like, bam, boom, bam, boom, (laughs) bam, boom. Avant-garde music piece. What an (laughs) asshole. asshole. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, that kind of shit This went on and on and on. And then, you know, there was, I can't say it was the worst gigs Mm -hmm. because they were probably some of the best gigs. Right. The the guys, uh, the crew would come in the night before, going to the city the night before because uh, they had a set up really early in the morning if we were playing the Coliseum. Sure. So they would go out to the strip clubs <laughs> and they would use what we call Billy Bucks and give them out the tickets to the girls <laughs> who were the uh, entertainment that night. Right. I'd be playing, doing a beautiful song, you know, playing a <laughs> Billy Joel song. And, I, and my roadie would, there was a little uh like kind of window where my stage was and then you could see underneath where all the equipment was, and, and you know, the, the guitar text, right. all the texts were down there. I'd get a tap on my ankle <laughs> with a <laughs> drumstick, <laughs> and I'd turn around, and, and there's like two girls on top of each other, totally <laughs> naked underneath the, the stage. While you're playing. While we're playing <laughs> something like, I love you just the way you are. You know, right. it's like, oh my God. It's very and I, sweet. And I'd really be singing sometimes, and I'd tell, come on, come here, come here. <laughs> he'd stand on the rise and be looking down like, holy <laughs> Yeah, you know, <That's> well, <laughs> I mean, you just right out the gate just gave us like Beautiful. four or
0: five uh, you know, amazing stories. And just uh, just like to go back to the, the pea shooting incident, yeah. one, uh-huh. is that something where you're getting hit? Like, are you, is it, Kind of fucking up while you're playing. Are you still oh, maintaining the beat? Or are you like losing it?
2: Oh no, I'm losing it. Yeah, I, I'm losing it <laughs> yeah. because they're, they're They don't. They don't care. Right. They're all off the stage, and and I can see them. Yeah, you know, right. I'm just getting <laughs> hit. Right. Yeah, multiple like you know, <laughs> yeah, from both sides. Right. You know, and that, and that was their joke. And they used to do this thing with a butter gun. You know, you take a slab of butter <laughs> uh-huh. and you just put it on the napkin, you know, the yeah. white napkins you put on your lap. You fold the napkin so it's about uh, two inches wide and you bend it in the middle and you put the butter in between and uh-huh. that and you just <laughs> tight, real tight. Bam! Really, right at you. Yeah, they did all. I would like I to try that. I've never heard of oh, the yeah, cut. Do it. Oh yeah, you stick to the ceiling. <laughs> really? Like, I, but
0: yeah. I love the idea that like you guys are playing. I mean,
2: these are huge shows. Huge.
0: And the road crew is like trying to sabotage. It's not like you guys are playing some shitty club in front of nobody.
2: Right. No. right. Oh no, we always we always had jokes. Of course, uh, yeah. You know, like with Billy, we would for piano man. You know, he starts and mm-hmm. We we take his harmonica and turn it around the other way (laughs) so he starts piano man it's like "Eh, eh," you know real high or he'd start the stranger and he'd be whistling right He, he we would we'd be in the dark spotlights on him and then uh we'd put fake mustaches with duct tape, black duct tape. So (laughs) when the lights come up and he sees us and we all have these fake mustaches on and stuff like that and he can't laugh, he can't whistle anymore. Right. (laughs) He can't whistle because he's laughing too hard, you know. I I,
0: I feel like our bands never got to that point where, like, we could feel so comfortable on stage. You're doing this for so long that like, yeah, I'm just going to like try to sap, you know, like jokingly try to, you know, screw up the performance. Sure. That's, that's, that's a different tier.
2: Yeah. I'd be playing, playing, I'd be playing and and somebody, one of the road crew would put like a dildo on my, on my floor tom, you know, (laughs) and I pick it up. And and it's like ah, and I throw it, <laughs> and you see Mark, you know the sax player, just put up his hand. He catches it lah! and throws it on Billy's piano. Or Richie Kanana would come over at one point to sit by Billy's piano, and there would be like a, a naked picture that somebody took of Richie in the shower sitting on Billy's
0: piano. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, these are these are all amazing.
1: Oh uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I think it's too. It is amazing because, like, you know, you again, it's it has an energy of like your doing this shit in a small club which is nice like i think like because you know you i think sometimes you you can see like a bigger show and it's very kind of almost rote like it's like it's very just like so by the numbers it's it's very choreographed and like it feels like you know and and watching honestly like old videos like we were talking about it before like there's an energy especially on your end yeah of like again like beyond like this choreographed like there's an actual like uh, aggressiveness which actually seems to
2: go along with the butter gun. Uh, you know, there in there was a good way. There was always a fun level. Right. to playing, you know, uh we always considered ourselves a bar band. Right. You know, I mean when we first started out and, and we we used to play the clubs mm-hmm. and then uh we advanced to theaters and we were opening up for hall and oats and mm-hmm. we were opening up I mean we opened up for ZZ Top once and wow. hall and oats Our road crew got in a fight with their road crew because (laughs) we were sounding better than they were at the time, you know. And uh, I remember once we opened for Janice Ian at the uh, uh, some amphitheater in LA or something like that. And the next day, the paper said the best part of Janice Ian's show was Billy Joel. It was like, so we were getting in a lot of trouble, you know. And we opened for the Beach Boys once. Now, the Beach Boys, huge, we play Chicago, Chicago Stadium. No billing at all. Yeah. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. They just like open up for Beach Boys. Right? This is mm-hmm. mid
0: seventies or
2: uh yeah. This is turnstiles is out. Okay. The first, yeah, seventies. Yeah, yeah. So um we go on a stage. Now Billy had a had a couple of cocktails that night. Right? <laughs> so the, the the way it happens is the, the house lights go out and the place goes crazy. Ah! <laughs> then the lights come on and it's us and you hear you actually hear ah! Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> right. So that Billy, Billy's having a bag, and he looks at the people, and he goes, "If anybody's out there comparing me to Elton John, fuck you." <laughs> and we just and we just started from the beginning, cracked from Turnstiles, and went all the way through to the end, and that was yeah. it. We got off. Wow. And that's when somebody said, "You guys shouldn't be doing this. You should be playing smaller places like theaters yeah. by yourself." Which is good. Yeah. I mean, which is what you have to do to like i mean it's a,
1: I, if you were pulling back that would it would be lame and like right. you know it's good that you were like competing like basically like yeah compete, we, always,
2: like, we yeah. always felt like it was the battle of the bands so yeah. no matter who we we play with even now with my band that i, I have a band called the slim kings we play around brooklyn mm-hmm. and we play we opened up for zz top Two. so it's the <laughs> second time <laughs> i opened up for top. amazing um i tell these guys too they're young um 30 29 right. 25 something like that and I say, look, here's the deal. It's a battle of bands, man. We're going to beat any band that that comes on, yeah. no matter who they are. You know.
0: Let me ask you: this. going back to the the bar band thing logistically? When you guys were f- when you first joined the band, so yeah.
2: Billy's already had a couple of records out by this
0: point. Um, and this is the world that Jeff and I come from: of like mm-hmm. getting in the van, loading our own equipment. Load a- were you like loading your own gear, setting up your own drum set when you first joined the Billy yeah. Joel band?
2: Yeah. Well, we had one roadie, mm-hmm. one guy. Um, because we played clubs. The first club we ever played was called the Good Earth in Denver. Mm-hmm. I remember it well. Because <laughs> we, rec- we recorded turnstiles on Long Island and then flew to Caribou Ranch to mix it and do all the overdubs. Mm-hmm. Right. So we were there for like three weeks or something like that. Not that, That's a whole nother story. <laughs> the girls, they don't only cook and clean. They, uh, <laughs> they cook and clean. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Anyway, uh, so we would we, play... Uh, Clubs like that. But we would drive around and rent a cars because we got on the college circuit. When you get on the college circuit, yeah. you know, I mean, if you can't get laid on a college circuit, man, there's something wrong with you. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like ridiculous. Right. But we would drive these rental cars, you know, we'd stop at McDonald's and get something to eat. I'd be in one. We'd, all, we'd have a CB radio at, at the time. Wow. You know, we'd all have names. Billy was the serenader, Street Life serenader. <laughs> I was uh, the meatball hero. <laughs> Richie Cannata was Sunday dinner. You know, we had stuff like that. And we would get McDonald's hamburgers and fries and shakes get bored, you're driving around, and we'd be in a field. We'd find ourselves in a field somewhere in the Midwest, just driving, tearing up the field, (laughs) throwing the shakes at each other. And you see the guy's windshield wipers behind and go on full of chocolate shake. You know, and then we do these things with the rental cars. You drive at about 30, 40 miles an hour going forward. You slam on the brake, throw it in reverse, and then step on the gas as hard as you can. So the momentum <laughs> of the car is still going forward, but the wheels are spinning backwards. Right. The smoke, it, 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 the transmission yeah. would drop out. <laughs> you know, I mean, I got in trouble, got arrested in uh, Athens, Ohio. Uh-huh. because we, we played at uh, something in Mary College or something like that. Yeah. Anyway. Right, right and on the way back there was a bar college bar and russell and richie are with me and and doug and it's like hey you want to stop yeah i don't want i want to go to bed tonight okay one drink well that's (laughs) yeah one drink is code for your night doing that exactly (laughs) so uh I, we, I get back in the car to drive back to the hotel, which was step number one that was wrong. And um, I'm doing the thing in the parking lot with yeah. the transmission. Right. And at time. one point, I forget to step on the brake, and I drive over the, the hump where you're supposed to stop, into the bushes, <laughs> onto the porch of the thing, into the hotel. And I get out of the car, and I throw the keys to Richard Connelly, and I say, park this for me. you know. <laughs> Next morning... There's banging on Billy's door. And all I can hear from his room is, you on room number five? He rats me out right away. A
1: snitch.
2: Cops are there. They take me away, right? Our tour manager comes with us. Yeah. And uh, I, I had to wait. It was a weekend. So the judge went fishing. <laughs> and they said, well, he's going to have to wait until the judge comes back. And our tour manager goes, he can't. We got a show tonight in whatever, whatever state, uh-huh. and um, so I kind of got bailed out. And the the um, cops said, "Make sure you don't get caught in Ohio doing anything again <laughs> for the next like ten years or something right. like that." So that's when we started to change our names on the room lists and stuff. <laughs> you know, so because when we went back to Ohio, it was like I couldn't be Liberty Devito; I had to be somebody else. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know?
0: I mean, uh, that's all, uh, all amazing. Um, so clearly, when you when you guys are playing these clubs, you're not you're bringing guitars and ba- like you're not bringing a piano because right, I'm assuming the no, club's been, got the piano. Yeah, piano. Are yeah. you bringing your own drums or like no, uh, Yes, club,
2: yes, know. I'm bringing my own drums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bringing my own drums. We're loading them up in like a van yeah. that may be going ahead with the one guy driving it. Right. And you Did
1: you wrong. bring them your own because you had any uh, shows where you were going to play the house kit and it
2: was terrible? Only that we've definitely done that. Oh, let me tell you something. I yeah. play the house kit now because I refuse now with the with the Slim Kings. I refuse to drive my car right. with equipment in it into the city <laughs> right. and unload on the curb and get a ticket. Yep. that is way more than I am going to make that night. Yeah, because, it's impossible if you're to play. Because you a the new city. band, you usually playing for free. Sure, anyway, you know, just to get you know, yeah. an audience. So, um, some of the house kits in New York. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I cannot believe it. Yeah. I don't know how. Why does a drummer have to make the, the, the bolt on a stand <laughs> so, like, Hercules couldn't yes, couldn't uh, loosen it? I know. There's a few times where my drummer had said,
1: like, we've had to, like, set up. I'm just like, what are you doing to me? I can't unlock any of this no, stuff. No, it's, it's, so it's impossible. Yeah. Bass player is equal to the same, like, because I'm a bass player, but, like, you know, playing the bass house amp. It's right. like, oh, great. I'm playing a heart key. 110. Right. When I usually play an Ampeg full stack, uh, that's kind of busted. Yeah. Uh, it can be a little rough. But yeah, those Hercules uh, Hercules nuts on there. Do you bring your own head when you go? Uh... <sighs> yeah. Sadly. I, that's why I've actually switched to guitar in the band I'm playing in because I have, like, you know, an Ampeg Blue Line SVT. Yeah. 100 pounds. <laughs> My back's starting to hurt. Yeah,
2: no kidding. After many years of lit- lugging it. You know, that's the thing about uh, drums, too. I go to the NAM show all the time and, um, you know, the National yep. Association mm-hmm. for whatever the hell it is. <laughs> <Right. Exactly>. uh, <laughs> yeah. Music making. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, you see all this new gear that they have on and shit like that. And I say, look, when is someone going to make me a white cymbal felt? The thing that goes on top <laughs> yeah. of the cymbal right. before you put the wing nut on? Because if I drop that black one, oh, yeah. it's going to fall on a black rug. A it's a million idea. dollar in a idea. a dark room. And I cannot right. find it. Yeah. Make a You're white si- one. Yeah. yeah. You're sitting there with
1: like a little flashlight or yeah. now my iPhone just like yeah. trying to find it. On your knees. Yep. Down. Yeah,
2: you know, it's like, and the band is <laughs> yeah. yelling at you. You ready? You ready? Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I'm not ready. Time feels like a billion years and two seconds when that kind of stuff exactly. happens. Exactly. It's like yeah. I remember playing a show uh, with my band once and we had a very low tuning but it was very cold everything got knocked off i forgot what the tuning was and like it felt like a billion years because yeah. they're all saying this, like do we have it yet just right. play it and i'm right. like it's going to sound
0: crazy right right you know when when both of our bands uh, were touring regularly for us playing colleges that was like the motherlode yeah. colleges pays pay incredibly well for yeah. band. was that st- was that the case back when you guys were playing colleges in like the mid 70s did they play- pay better than
2: was there, like a student activities board? Or? Well, it was a student activities board, yeah. but back in the 70s, you know. There still was. Yeah. I mean, before I played with Billy in the early 70s, I was playing weddings. Right. And I know wedding bands today get like they get like $8,500, $12,000 to play a wedding. Right. I was getting 35 bucks. <laughs> to play a wedding yeah. you know right and I was in the union <laughs> yeah you
1: know? Yeah. And, uh, it was the
2: union rates yeah so I'm sure college dates now right they pay yeah. more but yeah because they're, they're usually run
1: by some kid who's never really booked a show but is also given a huge fund
2: right so he thinks
1: like well I should probably pay you a couple yeah. grand right that will cover the rest of the tour yeah where yeah. you're playing some shitty club that no one's coming out to in we were, Denton, Texas or something when
2: we were traveling in those rental cars we were making like 500 bucks a week You yeah. we were playing with Billy yeah. right to, you know, yeah, it was fun. I mean, I yep. was twenty six.
0: Yeah, well, that's the time to do it. Yeah, <laughs> I I toured. My touring days were twenty five to thirty, and that's when you know, and, and it was only three guys in my band, so we could we could even rent minivans. But right. after our band, after the vans that we owned died, ine- inevitably, um, and we did it kind of like you know punk rock style, where we would try to find a place to uh, a person to stay with, yep. right. As opposed to ponying up for a uh, a hotel or a motel. Um, and by the time we I turned thirty, it was like all right, I can sleep in a hotel now. Yeah, you know, like yes. instead of on a well, we used to call. Even though most of the places we stayed were nice, you were always sleeping on a diarrhea encrusted carpet. Exactly. That was, that's the exactly.
2: Idea. Well, that's that's one of the requirements that I have. I said, I, right now, if I get a gig, you know, mm-hmm. with, with a band, you know, they call me up and they say, okay, you want, we're going to do a month of this. We're going to look. I will fly coach mm-hmm. as far as you want me to go. I will even ride in the van for up to like four hours but i have to have my own room yeah, i yeah. insist on my own room <laughs>
0: i think he deserve it but i think yeah so. I, I,
2: I think so i'm with you on that one
0: yeah so you mentioned the the, early, the days before you were playing with billy a question that we had for you is what did you think of uh, attila
2: <laughs> <laughs> Which I listened to yesterday. For the listener, <laughs> just... that
0: was Billy's uh, proto-metal organ drum well, yeah.
2: two-piece. You know, I knew Billy when he was in the Hassels. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to play in a club that was called the My House in Plainview. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know probably. Yeah, no, yeah. You, I don't know if it's, it's there anymore. It's before my
0: time, I think, but I have yeah. heard the name, yeah.
2: And uh, I was in the New Rock Workshop. He was in the Hassles. We used to play together sometimes the same night. But we used to just pass each other high, how are you doing? You know, listen yeah. to each other's bands. But Attila was... Billy's answer to when Lee Michaels came out. Oh, Remember yeah, when right. Lee Michaels? Yeah, came out? yeah, he's great. We were, yeah, oh, we're yeah. just I that just
1: got a copy of the first Lee Michaels. Those was are record you can record. find for like a buck or two. Yeah. That
2: was done really well with just him and yeah. Frosty. Yeah, yes, that yes. was fantastic. I actually,
1: I think I said when I got the Lee Michaels, I might have been like, "This is a better Attila," <laughs> and I think that's what Billy was
2: trying <laughs> you know, to do.
0: Frosty was like a behemoth. Drum. Oh yeah. Like, like
2: Frosty was huge? great. You yeah. big fat guy. And I saw them live at the Action House, which yeah. was in the Great
1: Ocean by the
2: way, on that first Lee Michaels.
1: Great. From Fred, that's one drum yeah. cell like halfway on the first
2: side. Yeah. Where one of the better he, drum cells. He uh, he's from somewhere in the Midwest. Okay. Um, I saw him. He came to one of my clinics once. Yeah. and mm-hmm. um, Nice guy. Yeah. Um, but, what the hell was I going to oh, say? So
0: was Billy's answer. Bi-
2: to... Billy's answer. But I saw um, Lee Michaels at the Action House once yeah. and and it was probably the loudest band <laughs> I had ever seen. He had the the um, uh, Hammond organ yeah he played with no shoes on because he played the bass pedals right he had like four leslies and wow. eight acoustic amps wow <laughs> that's beautiful it was so loud <laughs> that's yeah. great that's, that's, <laughs> like,
0: he's a guy that's that's totally ripe for rediscovery because you yeah. don't you don't hear people talking about lee michaels
2: no, like, no but i think he i think he has gone like deaf yeah and, yeah. Um,
0: and he moved out, i think he lives in hawaii now like he definitely gave up music for a while yeah Maybe yeah put a record out like 15 right. years ago and then just like
2: they're heavy. They're they're yeah, they're good heavy. Yeah. Organ oh, he playing. was great. And when yeah. he played the piano, like on "Heidi High" and right. you know, do uh, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. uh, you know. That was yeah. great stuff.
0: But but Attila had all... Well, they were on, what, Epic? Or that was like a major label. Yes. And did that translate into... Do you know if that translated into his solo? No. No, it was completely... Completely <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, That was a different no. deal.
2: It had nothing to do with his
1: solo. So they were like, Wonder Woman's a great <laughs> the, song. The, we should, <laughs> but the cover... <laughs> yeah, the cover on. is amazing. <laughs> yeah.
2: He's in a meat meatlock. Yeah. It's wearing Deloitte Lloyd cloths yeah. and, and furs. So that think, was even uh, John Small played drums. John yeah. Small was in the hassles with him. Yeah. Okay. I think that
0: cover is the reason that record fetches like... Fifty dollars. Yeah, if you if you find a good version, of it's that. a solid Awful. record. It's got <laughs> a fun
2: bio
1: on the back, like talking about like twenty one year old Billy Joel and like uh, talk
2: playing through his hammonds. And... On the hassles, he's actually called Billy Joe. Oh, really? Uh, on the like right. Green yeah. Day. Yeah, <laughs> interesting.
0: Um, so you know, growing up on would, at the at that time, like mid to late sixties, was there a defined like Long Island scene versus the city, or was the idea to like make it? In New
2: York. Playing. Well, Long yeah. Island had the bands in the 60s. Okay. Right. Well, we claim the Rascals mm-hmm. from Long Island, but they really aren't from Long Island. They're from New Jersey. Yeah. But they played the barge that was at the end of Long Island, and that's where they got discovered, <laughs> ah, okay. playing the barge. Yeah. So we had the Rascals. We had uh, the Rich Kids, which Richie Super was in, mm-hmm. and he later on went on to write songs for Aerosmith, called uh-huh. Pink, Amazing, stuff like that, and he played with Aerosmith for a while. Uh, the Vagrants. Leslie West. Leslie West right came yeah. out of The Vagrants, which was, they were great. Uh, the Good Rats. Yeah. Um, Twisted Sister. Yeah. You know, a whole bunch of bands came from Long so, Island. So there was
0: stuff, so there was like a, oh, it seemed like a vibrant Long Island scene that was yes. kind of separate from, Yeah. guys would play in New York, but like it was its own.
2: Yeah, you would come in to play Anganos and, you know, I mean, I played with Super at the Village Gate and uh, places like that. You played a Bitter End. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, no, you have kind of lived on Long Island, and it was, <laughs> your place was Long Island. Yeah, and it's amazing how many bands actually came off Long Island that became popular. Sure, that yeah. and comedians. Yeah, yeah, oh, unreal.
0: I, you know, I just found. I was telling Jeff earlier. I didn't realize Steve Vai was from Long Island.
2: Unbelievable. Yeah, right? yeah.
0: and so you were. Were you still living on the island, like in the turnstile days? The stranger had you moved. So. I, <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, playing weddings at thirty-five dollars a shot. <laughs> You kind of thank your parents for having a basement. Sure. Yeah. And I lived down there. Yeah. Turnstiles, I was still down there. Uh, during The Strangers, when I moved out, I, we yeah. went to Australia on Turnstiles tour. Wait, was 19- Moving Out
0: written about you? Is that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, we went yeah. to Australia on a Turnstiles tour. And of course, I'm the rock guy that meets an Australian girl <laughs> and invites her back to America. brother. Classic. So then I got to move out of my parents' house, get in an apartment, <laughs> pay for her to come over. Ugh. You know, she comes over. We lived together for about six weeks, and I looked at her and I said, I can't do this anymore. This yeah. is so ridiculous. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah, and then I lived by myself for a long time, mm-hmm. and um, uh, for a while I actually dated uh, Christina, uh, Christina, what's her name? Uh, yeah. Apple? Applegate? yeah Christina Applegate's mother oh <laughs> I got pictures somewhere of Christina at like five years old with oh. boxing gloves on hitting me and stuff, you know? <laughs> but um uh and then I lived by myself in this place and Doug Stegman used to come over to pick me up we'd go yeah. whatever we're doing and, he, and he'd be amazed like don't you ever put sheets on your bed and I'm like <laughs> why I have to wash them then I, <laughs> <you know?" laughs> I just had like a quilt that I yeah. put over me and
1: Cla- uh, classic bachelor hobo Yeah, style. yeah, It was great. <laughs> but yeah. you could,
0: you could uh, I mean, that was the time to do it. Yeah. So when, you know, like the, when a stranger hits, and you're, this is now
2: like uh,
0: the, the, really the breaking point, right? Yeah. Um, what, 77, right? 77, it came out, yeah. So punk rock is happening right around mm-hmm. the same time. Yep. What did you guys think of that?
2: Well, punk was still kind of like off to the side a little mm-hmm. bit. It wasn't like mainstream yet. Yeah. Right. It wasn't until Glass Houses that punk became mainstream. Yeah. And so you can see – I remember telling Billy, like, the police were, were yeah, right. becoming yeah. really big. And I had seen them in, in France first. That was the first place I saw the police. And I, I told him, I said, you got to see this band of police, <laughs> you know, message in a bottle, man. It's, like, unbelievable. And then he'd look at me and go, yeah, massage my balls instead of message <laughs> in a bottle. You know, <laughs> that's what the title really right. is, you know, massage my balls, you know. So he, he – Had a hard time, I think, accepting that this whole new thing was coming in. Right. Because, you know, we went from... Steely Dan and all that stuff, to Billy Joel being the, the new thing. Sure. Yeah. And now this punk is coming out. Yeah. But then the Glass Houses album, I guess, was our version of being a punk band. Yeah. Right. As punk as we could possibly yeah. get. You know, he's a millionaire already, and he's a <laughs> punk. You can't be too punk being, being <laughs> sure. rich. Sure.
0: No, I've i, I I'm, I'm always been fascinated at that time period when you have these huge bands kind of sort of taking influence or kind of having their own, you know. Right. It seems like a lot of bands kind of Dabbled in right. that
1: at that. Time. Well, because like I said, I again watching, I just watching old videos of you play at the right. time. Like it's like you, there's a, there's a kind of a punk energy to the way that you're playing. Even it's just like the way that you hit the cymbals and right. like the accents. Yeah, uh, and even for me, like the the uh, in pressure, like the the kind of when it goes to the double time. Yeah. Like that feels like, all right, now we're like, we've got an aggressiveness. Yeah, well, uh,
2: you know, that's that's that, a song called Running on Ice, that's a, you know, copying like Stuart Copeland, man. Right. That was right. his yeah. trick, you know. Right. I mean, so oh, And I could reggae, see like, also why you would love uh, The Police and maybe Billy
1: was, because it's just like, you got Stuart, like, you got fucking a great drummer. Yeah. Who's like playing interesting time signatures? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I have to sing over this. Get the fuck out of yeah, here. Right. Massage I, my balls. And there's no <laughs> piano. Right. And there's no piano. All,
0: uh, All for Lena also has that great kind of halftime right. thing going mm-hmm. on there, which is, uh, which is great. Um, another question that we have on the absolute uh, extreme end of punk rock. You played on the the Rick Wakeman burning soundtrack in the early yeah Yeah,
2: yeah. I don't know how that happened. It was so long (laughs) ago. But uh, I know that Rick wasn't there. Mm Oh, So it kind of like, I don't know if his part was even there, or we did it, and then he came in and did it, or he did it, and then I played over it. Right. Because at the time, I was playing over a lot of stuff. Right, right. I played over, um, I got a call one day, and it was like, We want you to play drums. Uh, There's drums there, but we want to replace them. Uh, The band's name, Tabitha's Secret. And, um, you know, come in. uh, And they'll say, you'll you'll recognize the singer when you hear him. And uh, so I went in, and it turned out to be Rob Thomas. It was Matchbox 20. They were called Uh Tabitha's Secret. And these were the demos that they actually oh. used to get their deal. Oh, but when they got the deal, only Rob and the guitar player got signed right. to the label. Right. And the Point other on. guys were left behind. So they wanted to release the album with Rob singing because uh-huh. they owned the album. Sure. But they wanted the drums to be better. So I went <laughs> in. And recently, Billy Amendola met the drummer who plays with Max Bartz And uh, he was talking about like doing things and uh, these videos that we've been doing online. And he says, you know, Liberty DeVito did And the guy went. Fuck Liberty Devito! <laughs> 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 wow, Billy's like, whoa, why, why? You <laughs> fucking put
0: went over my tracks. <laughs> yeah. So, Shit. but it sounds like so you were doing um, a lot of session work. Yeah, it was a lot of stuff going on. So, something like the Rick Wakeman thing was not necessarily uh, a personal project as much. It was like this is just another. This is a, a job.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of it became just a job. Yeah. Like uh, right. You know, the fun ones were like when we recorded an album with Karen Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Right. That was fun. I've got some classic pictures of me and her. Uh, uh-huh. It was my birthday during one of the sessions. It was at the same time we did Glass Houses. Right. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of the reviews when the album finally came out was, was said that Phil Ramone brought in a bunch of Billy Joel's hooligans to play with this, <laughs> you know, the girl next door. Yeah, yeah. So Phil Ramone owes me a cake. And this guy dressed up like a mafia guy comes in and wants me to say who, who the king is, you know, who the, the main dom is. And it's Phil Ramone. Yeah, Phil Ramone. I open up the cake and it's um, a penis. <laughs> it says happy birthday uh, on two balls, which are drums. And I got pictures of, of like me and Karen and the control. was just as high as my race (laughs) level and the cake is in front of me and I'm like pushing her hand down on the cake, you know. And and I put the the cake next to her face and she's like, whoa, I've never been this close to one of these before, you know. She was a great sport, man. She was a wonderful, wonderful artist and a great sport. We'd go on the road with Billy and we'd be out on the road and and we'd be in the hotel drunk, me and Doug and Russell, and we'd call her late at night, you Mm -hmm. know. And it was really funny because, you know, the image that she has, we'd be like... Karen, what are you wearing? <laughs> do you have those bunny pajamas on with the feet? You know. Oh. <laughs> do you,
0: I mean? Because as Jeff said earlier, just in terms of you know the, uh, you know the aggression with which you play live.
2: Do you prefer that to doing studio stuff, or did you have a a, a preference? Well, studio is my favorite place to be. Okay. That, that's the best because you, you, it's like an out of body experience. One guy played it and then the other guy is now listening to what the other guy played, you know. So it's really cool to be able to hear that, right? We would, um, in the studio with Billy, we do like if we did eight to ten takes and we didn't get it, it was like Billy go, Okay, forget it, we'll do it tomorrow, you know, because he wanted to keep that freshness, right? Right here, you know, on the records and stuff. But playing live is great. I mean, there was time we played the same songs for so long. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, now when I get these gigs to play, I gotta play in Washington, DC next week with, um. Uh, my band, the Hit Squad, mm-hmm. and Bonnie Bramlett's a special guest, and um, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, the guitar player from Saturday Night Live, oh, uh, G. E. Smith. G. E. Smith's yep. going to play too. So there's a bunch of songs I have to learn. And then the week after that, I'm doing this camp jam with a whole bunch of other guys. And then the week after that, there's another thing uh, I have to learn a whole bunch of songs from yeah. Puerto Rico. So I never really realized how much I appreciated playing the same 25 songs for sure. yeah. <laughs> 30 years. You know, yeah, it was right. easy, yeah. but um. You know, as um, as we're playing them, you kind of get bored. Yeah. You know, and, and like Billy would say, like, he'd be in the middle of a song thinking about, what am I going to eat after the show? <laughs> right. Hmm, maybe I'll get a turkey club sandwich. <laughs> That'll travel well from the kitchen to the hotel room. And he'd completely lose where he is in the song. You know, so to keep the interest up, Yeah. what he came up with, the idea that, that, that we came up with was, let's hold the first two rows of tickets. Mm-hmm. They'll be ours. When the crowd starts coming in, this, the crew will take those tickets and go way up in the back in that nosebleeds and find the prettiest girls and give them front row tickets. Uh. So when the house lights come on and we're playing there's these beautiful two <laughs> rows of gorgeous women. You know, I mean right. there'd be times when Billy was playing and I'd see him look up at me and just go holy shit. <laughs> you like, right? Oh, <laughs> <you're>, <laughs> guess I'm going to go for this a little more.
1: Well,
0: you know, I had heard you say uh, before um, <laughs> that, you know, sort of getting bored playing the songs um, for so long and then, you know, mixing it up by playing with all different people. You know, we come, I think from, there's a saying when you're touring kind of at our levels, like an indie rock band, or whatever, like you get tour tight. Yeah. You, know, you go on the road for like a month mm-hmm. and at a certain point you lock in, you guys are playing great. Yeah. Or whatever. But I think because you were operating, you know, and continue to operate on like a, a completely different level, yeah. uh, uh, where it's, you know, not, it's not like this is the show that's going to make us. No, no. this is no. the show that's going to make yeah. us. You're all, you guys are no. already
1: at, We've at that it. We made it.
0: Is there, um, and I mean, I, it sounds like what you're talking about is this idea of like, you know, pl- kind of playing with soul as opposed to, yeah, I can perfectly hit the notes and hit the fills and everything, but it's, it's, Mechanical at a certain
2: Yeah, it was mechanical point. to the point where it's like I would try something new. Right. I, you know, I, I might go to the sound early and learn a new lick that I really liked or he- heard another drummer do something and right. think, okay, I'm going to put it in this song. And I throw it in a song, and if it, it, it could be so wrong <laughs> right. that Billy, in front of 18,000 people, I would hear over his microphone. What the hell was that? <laughs> you know, like whoops! I tried. Yeah, okay, yeah. I tried. But you know, people want to want to do the air drums and they yeah. want to play air guitar yeah, yeah. and yeah. so you got to play yeah. that shit. Yeah, see, yeah. that's the
0: thing when you. I think when you're at that level where you know uh, the songs have reached a different, you know, uh, this the general consensus right. is like. These songs are part of the yeah, that, fabric. That's, that's the,
1: the yeah. yeah. I was talking about that with my friend the other day. Like, and for me, it was we were talking in, in relation to like jam bands. Right. And I was like, for me, I just personally I prefer not jam bands because like I yeah when I go see a show, I want to see the energy, right. but I also want to be like this is the part where that symbol hits right there. Right. Uh, yeah. But then there are those moments where like you know it's a gamble because there are those moments where you'll pull something out and be like oh. Right. That was great. I
2: never thought of that before. Yeah, it got so, I mean, we did get to the point where we could fart on stage and people would love it. Yeah. <laughs> right. We, as a matter of fact, guys, right. know Billy has fought it on stage.
0: Well, speaking of that, um, is there stuff at this point with the, you know, the records being called, and a, kind of part of the canon yeah. for the most part, can you still go back and listen? Are there still things that maybe you recorded and you're like,
2: I wish I hadn't done that? Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. Oh, yeah, like My Life. I, I hate the song My Life. Mm-hmm. I just don't like it. You yeah. know. As a matter of fact, when we were uh, touring with Elton John, we, we did 10 years with yeah. Elton and, and Billy together. We were at rehearsal, and we're doing My Life, and Elton looks at Billy and goes, he's not playing it right. <laughs> <laughs> and Billy looks at Elton and goes, he hates it. He's not going to play it right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and and the little part in the middle where there's a little breakdown, and I play something. I remember my brother looking at me and going, "Do you wish you played something else there?" And I, eh, yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. You know? Do you
1: reach a point where? Because I know from me, like you've you've put out many more records than i have but like i you know like i would i got very precious where it's like no every song what do you, mean? you don't have perfect. this on your
0: wall <laughs> Yeah, I know.
2: well you don't have any of these wait let me let me just put a the list there check. we're looking
0: at 10
1: platinum yes. records on liberty's uh, wall i don't have that one i don't have yeah no no i don't have any of them but yeah like i would get so prepped but like is there a certain point where like you both care about you want the song to be awesome you want it to work but you're yeah. also like i'm gonna record a lot more songs, right? Like I can let this battle go at a certain point.
2: Well, you know what? That's why you have a producer there. Right? You have the ears right. behind the glass. Right? And if he says no, that's good enough. Right? That's great. You know? Yeah. I mean, people are simple when they listen to music. They don't. Yeah. They don't want to have to work at it. Yeah. You right. know, that's why a Billy Joel is so much bigger than uh, uh, Porcupine. Whatever. the Porcupine hell, like... Tree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, they yeah. play great shit, yeah. but right? Uh, yeah. You know. Five minutes after that, I'm like, okay, give me the Beatles again. <laughs> right. yeah. Sure. Yeah, people don't want it. Yeah.
0: So do you, so like, I mean, because the songs are so interwoven, like, can you divorce yourself from some of them and be like, you know, that you, you, I didn't play, you know, it's beyond you playing on it and, and uh, yeah, analyzing well, the drums.
2: Well, live, you kind of like can pick it up a little yeah. bit more. You know, I, I still did that. I changed that part that I hated in my uh-huh. life mm-hmm. uh, live. Yeah. Because I just didn't want to play that. But anymore. if
0: it came on the radio or something. I, uh,
2: you punch <laughs> the radio. That, get out of it, here. The, <laughs> you stop the car. Turn it off. <laughs> yeah. <this laughs> it, drive, it so I far. know we're in the middle of the highway. Turn <laughs> it off. I don't care.
1: <laughs> I know for me, when I would, I was just thinking about this where you're talking about, like, yeah, I, I would, my thing, whenever I would get into kind of like play the songs too many, I would stare at my hands. And I don't know if you've ever done this, playing the drums. You know, I'd start going, like, how do I know how to do this? It's amazing that I know how to do it. Isn't it weird, Jeff, like that I'm aware of
2: how to play my songs? It's funny that you say that because I would do that. If I did that, now, Just the Way You Are was a really simple thing Mm -hmm. to play. You know, it was a brush and a stick and the same thing over and over again. But if I thought about what I was playing, which I did sometimes, like, oh, this is interesting. Fuck up immediately. Like just fall apart. And it is on the simple
1: parts. It's on the ones where you're just like, Oh, I have room to move in my brain. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, well there's a lot of space between the snare and the top. (laughs) Shit. I I wonder what would happen if I put the snare at an angle a little bit more no and now I'm off.
2: Where where am I? Where's the stuff? Yeah. I used to get to the point where it was like that part in still rock and rollin' me where it goes Mm -hmm. into the straight I'd be like, What okay, it's coming up. What if I fuck it up?
1: (laughs) <laughs> what a, <you> know, <laughs> a lot of people out yeah, there. No, we, that two <laughs> rows of beautiful ladies are going to be. Behind. Yeah, the, the drummer of
0: my band would be like every once in a while there'd be a song would come up he'd just like, I, I just I
2: forgot how to play. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know how I did that. Yeah, it's like a like, like a drum fart or something. Yeah, you know, like, exactly.
1: Yeah. I would, at those times I I, I I slow I would start off being angry and then slowly I'd be like I get it.
2: Like we'll move it into later in the set. We I can do that. You'll get it later. We did a thing. I, I, I'm with this uh, little organization. I'm an honor, honorary board member with Little Kids Rock, and mm-hmm. they had they give out this uh, big man award every year. It's named after Clarence Clements. So we just did one, and uh, we had uh, it was given to Darlene Love from the Crystals, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, Brian uh, uh, Wilson sang with us, Elvis Costello, a whole bunch of people. But we're doing a Darlene song. And it starts off whatever she does, and down, 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 and then there's a drum fill that comes in, and i like, and all I can hear is the guys in the band going, oh, oh,
1: like, fuck. Especially, I would do that all this just on bass. I would do that like because I could never remember song names. Yeah, so I would have to lean over to our drummer Jeff and just be like. Give me the first couple, and you go what? like zap, and I'd be like, yeah, 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 right, right, right okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well, just that little yeah. like, jump in the brain fart. But
0: especially for the drummer, though, yeah. like, the rock of the band, like you <laughs> yeah. have
1: the least amount of leeway. Yeah, and oh, everybody's well. looking at you like, yeah. okay, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got piles of distortion well, on, then, my on my face. On the guitar, base. I
0: could just be the, like, sh- just, okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll figure yeah. this out somehow. <laughs> um, are there deep cuts on a lot of those Billy records that? Uh, either you guys never really played that you always wanted to, or oh, songs God, that, you're, yeah. that you're,
2: yeah, Lane you're is really one of them. We never played that live. I mean, oh, maybe really? once or twice. Okay. We would put it in the set when the tour would start, but yeah. two right. shows in, it was out. Right. <laughs> and is you that know?
0: why? What would be the reason? Just we don't like playing this. The no, people just act?
2: don't like. They want yeah. the hits. Yeah. We had Laura in there from Nylon yeah. Curtain. Uh, you know, Scandinavian Sky. Scandinavian guys stayed in for a while mm-hmm. because it was a nice little showpiece. But um, yeah, there was a lot of those back. Uh. What's that one? Uh close to the borderline. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. fun. That stayed in two two shows. Yeah. You know, people don't want to hear it. You could see the lines going for beer and going to the bathroom. <laughs> right. Yeah. I remember when the extremes, when we first started doing the extremes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I go to extremes. I would look out at the crowd and I would see the lines like ants going out to go get some heat right. or, or whatever, you know, that's the bathroom song. Right. And then it turned as the bigger the record got and the more it got played on the radio, it turned into like frenzy time, sure. you know. Right.
0: Sure. I mean, it just operate again, operating on that level where you have to be conscious of the audience and give them what they want yeah. to a certain extent. Who was writing the set lists?
2: Uh, the lighting designer. Oh, well, okay. He wrote it. Yeah.
0: And is there what would be the reasoning behind that of just Billy was just kind of cool with Yeah, well, it's a certain number of songs to give the guy, and he would figure it out.
2: Well, you kind of like you because you're the band and you're Mm -hmm. playing them. You're thinking like, oh, I want to play this song. You know, right? Nobody wants to hear that song. You know, (laughs) so the line designer knows, yeah, which ones are good, which ones where to put the dramatic ones. Yeah, you know where to put the ones that are quick, which one to open up with because opening up. The the first song is a throwaway all right. the time, in, in a situation like we were with Billy, the crowd is going crazy. There was times we start with Stormfront, and I couldn't right. even hear anything. Right, it was almost like Beatles stuff, yeah. you know. Right, yeah. So that's kind of like a throwaway. That's when the sound guy's just sure, getting his sound together. And right, shit. You know. I can understand that too. Like
1: if you know, you're in that situation where it, like, yeah, you're 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 able to notice because of so many shows. Like, here's the bathroom song. Right. Here's the song people like, and that could also like. You know, affect, like, you know, with the records where you're like, you know what? Let's think about that. Like, because yeah. I don't think we ever had to think about that. Like, of just yeah. like, well, we got to keep our audience engaged for this amount of time. Like, you know, you start to be like, maybe we'll pull back and maybe not doing that 17-minute prog epic every song that we wrote <laughs> because the audience yeah. maybe yeah. will want to get a beer at that point and not right. care about yeah. us.
0: And we were, I mean, because we were just a three-piece. We we used almost always use the house sound guy. So mm-hmm. I would write the set list differently every night only because... The stakes weren't like you know High. yeah you know we make sure to play certain songs that people knew sure. but I mean when you're operating when it's not just the band you have the lighting guy and right. you know all there's these a business behind yeah. it too exactly. like you a crew
2: come. that's an actual like an entity yeah essentially. They are, sure. so I'm
0: assuming that the setlist wouldn't necessarily deviate from night no setlist
2: was usually the same sometimes he pull something out and replace it with something then he got to the point where it was like he would have two songs on in one spot like Summer Highland Falls or Vienna. I need uh-huh. extra crowd. Which one do you want to hear? You want to hear Some island and Yeah. Yay. You want to hear Vienna? Yay. Okay, we're playing Vienna. We knew which song we were going to play <laughs> yeah, already, yeah. no matter what yeah. the crowd reaction was. V- Make them
1: think they're Choose Your Own Adventure.
2: is one of those fan favorites that was never a single, right? Right, that yeah. It like, was yeah. um, much like
0: uh, Scenes from Italian Restaurant.
2: And you know, it was interesting, too. When we did the albums, uh, when we did the albums, Billy would have maybe two songs written when we went in to do the albums. And then we'd um, just be... He'd have ideas mm-hmm. and he'd run them by the band, and the band would play them. And if they kind of started to fly, he would go home and finish the song, you know. Mm-hmm. So he had a big chart, uh, tag yeah, uh, on the wall with the titles of the songs by the by the end. And the way he would sequence them on the on the album was what key the songs were in. Oh, or he would look at it and go, I don't have anything in B flat now. Okay, I got to write a song in B flat, or I got to write a song in F, or I got to you know, oh interesting, just so they. No song is in the same key as the next one. Like you hear, uh, uh, what's the name of the uh, Dave Grohl's band? uh, Uh, Foo Fighters? Fighters. Every song is in the same key. Yes. You know, it's like, okay. There's another (laughs) Foo Fighters song. Billy's songs, they're all in different keys. If there's two songs on the album and C, they're not next to each other. Wow. You know?
0: And would that be the same live when you're making the song list? Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess this is now as good a time as any to ask this question because I know growing up in Siasa, Long Island, there was always the rumor that scenes from an Italian restaurant was written about Cristiano's, <laughs> pizza place. And now maybe <laughs> I can actually find out, if, was there an actual restaurant?
2: We used to go to there a lot. I think um, there was a, a restaurant called Fontana di Treve and mm-hmm. um, it was across the street from Carnegie Hall. Uh-huh. And I think that's where Billy was when the guy said, bottle of red, bottle of white. <laughs> Wow. Whatever mood you're in tonight, you know. <laughs> I think that's where he was. But Billy used to always go to Christiani's. Yeah. Oh, he, okay. where yeah.
0: was the back? Where was that photo taken on the back cover of you guys? At the
2: restaurant? Uh, the Spaghetti Factory in uh, in Manhattan <laughs> somewhere. It's not really? there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the Macaroni Factory. Is <laughs> wow, with a yeah. name like that. You yeah, why yeah, not- the Macaroni Factory. It was cool. I mean, we ate. You know, drank. At this point, I'll too say I have to do it
1: for my friends. Uh, I do comedy over at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. I don't know if you know, but my friends Drew and Don have a show running there right now, actually based around that song in Billy Joel. Oh, really? Called Sketches from Italian Restaurant, (laughs) where the entire half hour is all sketches based around Billy Joel songs. Oh, that's funny. All set in an Italian restaurant. Why is it that Billy Joel songs become the brunt of jokes like mind you this this it, is in love. Like they, these two guys could not be yeah. bigger Billy Joel fans. But they, they are like, I told them I was coming to talk to you and they flipped.
2: But they're joking about during
1: the songs, yes? Uh they're more like the most of them are set in the concept of the song and so they found a sketch in there. Right. Uh, and then there's a barrage of kind of one liner jokes where they they're like, oh we devoted two hours to show and it's all about the titles.
2: Well like um uh Step Brothers, right? Yeah. When they did, uh, uh, what was the name of their band? The Uptown. Girls oh yeah, the, yeah. The, and the, they only played. Uh, <laughs> they, they only played Billy Joel songs. Yeah. it's
0: like post, uh, yeah, Innocent Man era.
2: Yeah,
1: Billy Joel. Well, it does. Com- In some ways, honestly, I also teach sketch, so it comes from this the concept of like when you're doing a parody of something or making fun of, especially like the best part is to do it about something you love. Yeah. Uh, oh. And really do love and like. I do think like pre- I, I would guess Will Ferrell, Adam McKay, love Billy Joel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, why they came up with that, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but Godspeed to them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, uh, uh, it's interesting that you work. You do this st- work with kids because yeah. one of the shows that my band Oxford Collapse had played a couple years ago was at it was actually at St. John's, and it was like a uh, school of rock summer yes. concert for like this band camp. And we played in this auditorium on stage, and it was these kids, probably aged you know, ten to fourteen, right. most of whom had never seen a band. I mean, they didn't know who we were from right. Adam, like they, we couldn't right. have been anybody up there. Um, but just to see like a rock band playing, yeah. and seeing these kids just like being real, like not knowing what to do at first, and then kind of being like, "You guys can dance, you guys can jump into one another, whatever you need to." And then they get it at a certain point. Right. And I mean, what's your involvement? in that, my, comes well, from where?
2: Yeah, well, uh, my involvement with Little Kids Rock is Little Kids Rock puts instruments in the hands of kids in underprivileged schools mm-hmm. where they took the music curriculum out. Um, they give free lessons. Uh, they teach the teachers that are in school to do it after school, you know, stuff yeah. like that. They, it started out with a guy named Dave Wish. He saw kids in... He was teaching in L.A. He was teaching Spanish class in L.A., and he saw kids hanging out after school just in the hallways, and he said, look, if you... Come with me and I'll, I'll give you free lessons, teach you how to play the guitar. He started out with 20 kids. He's got now 185,000 kids in the United States wow. a part <laughs> of Little Kids Rock. It's a
1: big band. It's
2: in a whole bunch of cities yeah. in, in, in the United States and big band. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a <pride laughs> got I got it, I got it. got it. And in Guatemala, we just went down there and he opened up four schools in Guatemala. And um, so it's it's the kind of thing where you walk in and you talk to these kids and then if you sit behind the drums and and you play something and mm-hmm. they're like whoa because they're they're kind of shocked right, right how a professional yeah professional you're professional we'll give you yeah, the professional right. you've yeah, earned it okay I bought those <laughs> all right <laughs> <laughs> I hope you got a great <laughs> deal they're, they're spray paint <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah yeah um. But to see somebody who really plays yeah. and, and it encourages them to want to do that, you know, and uh, and they realize that it's it's difficult to learn how to play an yeah. instrument. I mean, it's not yeah. like you know, in, especially in the ghettos, it's easier to fire a gun than it is to learn yeah, to play sure. an instrument. And uh, so you know, instead of hanging out at the mall, they can play you know an instrument, yeah. and then if they take the lesson for a year, they keep the guitar. You oh, know, that's awesome. That's, yeah, that's, that's very that's cool. fantastic. The, whatever um, they're playing.
0: A question that we've been asking people lately. What's the worst thing about you? This could be
2: professionally, personally. That you want to change. The worst thing about me that? Okay. The worst <laughs> thing about me is that. Oh, I hear all the time. Like you made Billy Joel. You're a great drummer. You're great. You play great. You're unbelievable. And then I'll see somebody like Vinny Calyudo or Dave Weckel, and I'll go. I say I don't really play drums. <laughs> right. I, I don't. I don't play. I'm not really a drummer. If They're that's right. a drummer. I'm not a drummer. Yeah. I wish I could get over that and think, like, I'm a drummer. Because I think Ringo had that kind of thing, too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not really a drummer, man. You know, I just, <laughs> right. I just play in the most popular <laughs> band ever. Yeah. But I'm not really a drummer. Yeah, right. You know, I just keep time for these guys that could have gotten anybody <laughs> and they picked me, yeah. you Perfect. know. It's, it's a hard thing to get over because you see these guys do clinics and they do these. I don't solo. I don't do yeah. drum solos. Right. I, I never liked them. You know, I think it's uh, musical masturbation. You right. know, like bass player gets a chance to have a cigarette off the side. Yeah. You know, it's like, go ahead, let the drummer play. Right. Let's go talk to these chicks over here. You know, Underneath like,
0: the stage.
1: Yeah. So yeah. are calling a Terry Basio 100-piece, like, kit. What's like, up with that? I know. The SS Basio is an insane thing.
2: And then he goes... Psh. That's the thing. And then 30 minutes later, he yeah. goes... There's, you know, like- there's
1: this one video I do watch of him where it's he explains how it's like, split in, like, pentatonic. T- it's, like, whatever it's set to tuning-wise. Right, right. And then, yeah, it's maybe, like, a 25 minute solo where the first 10 minutes are just him going a dig dig ding Yeah, right. ding a dig Just, like, i like,
2: here's a little chida I got. Now I got a splash, like,
1: and now after a while, I'm just like, hit a
2: fucking drum. Yeah, hey, Terry, you know, when I'm drunk and I'm partying with chicks, I don't give a fuck about your <laughs> drum sets. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> but I have to say that, you know, Jeff and I are both self-taught, and you're yep. self-taught as yeah. well, right? And it, there's something relatable. It doesn't feel, you know, you can have all the technical expertise you want. I mean, it's the cliched thing, but if you don't have, like, you know,
2: the soul s- yeah, the or, soul, like humanity. Is they, well, look, a job is to get people up off their ass. That's yeah. what we need to do, you know, and when i used to see the crowd get up i know i was part of that you yeah, know yeah. making them get up and, and dance and, yeah. and move around and stuff and that's what we do you know I and mean, we make it easy for you guys to play yeah, yeah. you know we, we make a nice cushion i mean bass and drums have that bottom end exactly i remember yeah. doug we used to play and uh hey doug why don't we do this song and we do a jam or something like that and he goes no <laughs> I don't want to be a workhorse for the guitar player. <laughs> well, just once I want to do what a horn player does and just like stop playing and listen to the band. Right. Like you can't do that as a bass player. Yeah. I, I've going. actually
1: was realized I was talking about this the other day, like in relation to comedy and performing, like like I, I approach comedy like I approach bass playing because it's being the workhorse but in the back. Right. Like, you know, and it's just like no one's paying attention, but I'm keeping everything together with our it, drummer. Exactly. Uh, exactly. It's, it's a weird role. Cause you're, you know, it's like you, and you do have to remind yourself, like, all right, I am a bass player, and yes, I, you are a drummer.
2: Yeah, well, a comedian, a comedian's making a, a, a crowd of people raw yeah. with laughter, but he's not the only one laughing. Not laughing in the room. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: Uh, so, Liberty, as we bring this full circle, um, I mean, you give enough of all these amazing stories that we, that we still need to process. Uh, another question that we ask all of our guests, and um, you know, we're coming from different generations here in terms of the answer that you might give us. Um what do you think of the word
2: gig? 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 Yeah. I don't know where it came from, <laughs> first of all. I think it's like the old jazz term or something. No, probably. Gig, um I have a hard time saying it these days like <laughs> hey did you have a good gig? Yeah. You know, or you see somebody that has a regular job I'm going to my gig you know? <laughs> right. Dude You know Is <laughs> so, Terry Bozio over there we'll Yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Terry Bozio's got a gig <laughs> He's definitely got a gig
0: Well listen I mean this has been phenomenal You have yes. a, a A wonderful home And thank you so much For allowing us to come over I really yeah. Yeah. appreciate and it Anytime this. And the way that Anytime We may be coming back just, no just, <laughs> We've got to go record it God yeah.
2: shit You know where I uh, live
0: <laughs> You know uh, usually um, we we sign off by telling the guest to get home safe yeah. I'm going to say it anyway just because how about I safe. say it how about I say it, oh,
2: well, thank it. You. get home safe guys oh, thank you so much Liberty <laughs> so worst gig ever, ever. ever.